Hello, beautiful people. Welcome back to A Living Color Abroad, and I'm your host, Andrew Rodriguez. And on this episode, you'll be listening to Grace, who is living abroad in Australia. Now, Grace is originally from Belgium, and she has now been living in Australia for three years. And on this episode, Grace talks to us about how her dream was to only live abroad in Australia, what it's like to be black while abroad in Australia, the Aboriginal community, and a deep conversation about being black in white spaces, and finally, some of her favorite spots to travel to in Australia. Hope you enjoy. This is A Living Color Abroad. Right, Grace. Welcome to In Living Color Abroad. How you doing? Thank you. I'm good. And you? I'm doing well. It's uh, what Friday over there? Yes, Friday uh, midday. Midday, and it is Thursday evening here in Costa Rica. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, honestly, I kind of this is like the the fun part for me. It's finding a time that works for myself and the yeah. person I'm interviewing. Because obviously, we're literally all over the world right now. So. But we found we found the time, which is fantastic. All right, Grace, if you don't mind, tell our listeners a little bit about yourself, please. Um, so, yeah, my name is Grace. I'm 26 years old, turning 27 very soon. Um, I was born in Congo, in uh, Africa. And uh, I moved in Belgium. I was three years old, so I've lived in, Mel- in Belgium my whole life. And then one day I decided to move to Australia and uh, yeah, I've been living here for three years now, almost three years. Oh wow! All right, so let, let's go right from the beginning then. So, what memories do you have <laughs> of, of of the Congo? Uh, I have no, I have no memory. No memory whatsoever. <laughs> yeah, no memory whatsoever. Um, I the only thing I know is that. Uh, my mom decided to come to Belgium because it was better for us. Um, and, um, uh, for six months, she left me with my grandparents in Africa, uh, for her to find a job, find an apartment. And then once she was sure that it was safe for me to come over, uh, they flew me, uh, in Belgium. And that was actually the first time I took the plane by myself. Wow. Um, yeah. How old were you? <laughs> Three years old. What? Three years old. Oh my. Is that, is that even, yeah. is that allowed? <laughs> Yeah, that, that's why I think now it's not even legal anymore. I'm, be, uh, <laughs> I'm trying to <laughs> imagine. To be six years old or something. Yeah, no, it was definitely uh, an adventure. Uh, my mom told me that they almost lost me somewhere. Oh my god! Yeah, yeah, it was ridiculous. I'm just uh, imagining. Obviously, I had. <laughs> I had a flight attendant with me the whole time. Obviously. Uh. Um, uh, but yeah, three years old. Now that I think about it, that's wild. I'm just imagining a baby like with a with a seatbelt on a regular seat, and just ordering food for the flight. <laughs> <laughs> wow, oh I God. mean that's that's yeah. a fun fact. You could tell people like a fun fact about me. I was on a plane by myself at three years old. <laughs> <laughs> 
Exactly. I was a badass at three years old already. <laughs> exactly right. That's right where your love of traveling started, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh maybe. my Actually, god. That's so crazy. <laughs> but all right. So let's go. Let's go to what you can remember, which is Belgium, right? Uh, so tell me, what is? I know nothing about Belgium. Never visited. So how would you describe Belgium to someone like me? Um. So it's a small country. Half of the people usually they don't really know where it is. So I have to be like, <laughs> yeah, it's next to France and Germany and Switzerland. You know, it's in the middle of Europe, basically. Mm. Um. So yeah, a small country, uh, very complicated in politics because we have three different regions. And one region we speak French, one region we speak Flemish, which is uh, Dutch. Just, mm. It's like a dialect. Um, and in uh, Brussels, so the capital, they speak both languages. And uh, we also have a small German uh, part that we got from uh, World War Two. So, yeah, I live in a country where there's three national languages. Wow. And there's maybe one percent of the population that can speak those three languages (laughs) so so what is uh so what's the one that you most commonly used like in you know walking around so my uh yeah my first language is french okay yeah makes sense all right so Uh, i don't know nothing about the other (laughs) (laughs) just a few words uh i feel a bit ashamed to say this like this but um yeah it's just it's just so complicated. At school, they give you the choice. You're not forced to speak, uh, to learn Flemish. Mm-hmm. Uh, so my mom put me in an immersion school in English. Mm. Uh, so I, yeah, so I've learned English. I was maybe four or five years old, actually. Well, yeah, your English is perfect. I mean, <laughs> you could afford me. I <laughs> thought you guys doing from the States. But uh, what I was going to say. But yeah, all right. So that's cool. So, okay. So you, you go from the Congo, right? And from Africa to Europe. So obviously you're yeah. very young. But what was that transition like for like your mom and yourself? Like I, you guys are black and are predominantly... I know, I know Belgium is a little bit mixed. Like, I follow football, so I, still, I do see their national team as, like, you know, you have black players that are Belgian, right? <laughs> so I do, I do, I, yeah, I get yeah, a yeah. sense of, like, okay, there's, there's some diversity there. But give us more info on, on that, like, being black in Belgium. Um, yeah, so my mom uh, studied here in Belgium when she was in uh, primary school. So she knew already a little bit about it. And... Uh, when she was there, when she was uh, young and she was there, it was really hard. Uh, there was a lot of racism. Uh, she was basically the only black girl in her school. Wow. Um, and, yeah, she told me, like, crazy stories. And then when we came in, uh, it was still a little bit the same. Like, people uh, were, how can we say this, a bit ignorant uh, still. Um, I had the same issue. I was the only black girl in my school in kindergarten. And there was this one girl I will always remember. She didn't like me at all. She was really being a bitch with me and I didn't know why. And then one day in front of everyone in the classroom, she said, yeah, I don't like you because you're black. Wow. In kindergarten? uh, In kindergarten, yeah. Oh my God. It was, yeah, a little bit after that, I was... I was not older than five or six years old, for sure. Um, And so we had to have counsel with the teachers, with the parents. And um, that episode, I feel like they handled it pretty well. Uh, And in the end, we became friends. 
Really? Um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I wasn't holding grudge at the time. Um, wow. And so I started by being the only black girl, and then it started to be a little bit more uh, of a mix. But I was still always the only one until maybe secondary school. Mm. Uh, where there it was it was better but I have so many stories from my childhood uh, about being black in Belgium and yeah it was it wasn't easy got it got it and would you say it's a lot better now over there in Belgium or what um yeah I think so there's still a bit of of issues everywhere I think Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Uh, but now it's more targeted towards uh, um Moroccans, Algerians, you know, like North Africans, um, than black people, let's say. Wow, okay. So they they took their hate and put it elsewhere. Like, all right, you you Belgians that are black, you're okay. But now immigrants that are from North Africa, you're not okay. Yeah, (laughs) it's just, honestly, it's just ridiculous at this point. (laughs) So there's a lot of people from my uh, birth country, so from Congo, uh, because it was... um, colonized by belgium Mm -hmm. so there's a lot of us uh there in belgium and then there's a lot of moroccans because belgium had the an agreement with morocco like 60 years ago Mm -hmm. i think 50 60 years ago and um so basically they took people from morocco to work in belgium uh i think it was to reconstruct the country after the second world war or something Mm -hmm. or uh, something else, or just work in the mines, mm-hmm. um, and obviously these people. After a while, they start to settle down and then bring their families with them. So now the people that we have are the like second or third generation of these immigrants, uh-huh. and uh, people are just complaining that they are there. But of course, hey, you brought them in the ex- country. Ex- in the sounds country. like the history of a lot of the world, right? So 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 unfortunate. Yeah. <laughs> But um, <laughs> but uh, but yeah. But all right. So now you talk about, about Belgium. So how old are you again? Uh, twenty six. Twenty six. That's right. You're twenty six. All right. So at what moment did you decide that you were gonna move to Australia? Like that's just not a normal thing. I mean, you know, you're living in Europe. <laughs> Australia's still far yeah. away from Europe. So. <laughs> so another fun fact is that as far as I can remember, I really wanted to move to Australia when I was 10, oh, 10 years old or something oh, okay, like that. Okay. And from there, I just, it was a little bit like, oh yeah, one day I want to move at the other side of the world. I want to go to Australia. And then this idea plant, like there was a seed in my head and then I couldn't, I couldn't stop thinking about it. And I was just like, yeah, one day I'll go to Australia. One day I'll go to Australia. And I was really starting to be annoying to my friends. They were like, yeah, 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 you want to go to Australia? We know. Like, get over yourself. Um, And then at some point, people were like, yeah, she's never going to leave. She's just saying she's going to go to Australia, but it's never going to happen. And uh, yeah, one day I was just fed up with people telling me that I needed to settle down, find a job, have my own house or apartment, Mm. and I would think about Australia later, I'll do that when I'll be retired or whatever. Mm -hmm. Um, So at that time I was working in Portugal, actually, and yeah, and moving to Portugal kind of helped me. I was like, okay, if I can do that, then... I can definitely move to Australia. So you actually lived abroad before you moved to Australia? Yes. 
Wow. So how long, how long do you live in Portugal for? Uh, six months. Six months. Six okay. Months. So, so while you yeah. were in Portugal, so you were in Portugal, and then did you get a, a feeling again, like I gotta go to Australia? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but at this point, oh my god, this is so uh, ridiculous. At this point, my visa had expired because they give you a year to uh-huh. go. And any other country, when you apply for a working holiday visa, because that's the visa I applied for, mm-hmm. um, if you don't go, you, you've lost it. You've lost your chance to do it. Mm. So I was so stressed. I was like, oh, my God, did I let this go? Did I, you know, did I miss my chance? And I sent them an email and they were like, no, as long as you pay the fees again, uh, <laughs> you can you can apply again. It's all good. Um, so that's what I did. And this time I didn't tell anyone. Mm. I applied. The visa got approved. I quit my, uh, quit my job that I had in Portugal, went home. And when I was uh, in the car with my mom and uh, I was like, so... I'm only here for 10 days and then I'm going, (laughs) wait, wait for this. I'm going to Malaysia, traveling around Southeast Asia, and then I'm leaving for Australia. (laughs) Oh my God. Did she stop the car right there? Did she like almost crash? (laughs) We were on the highway. Oh, what is wrong with you? What were you saying? (laughs) Oh my God. Do you have a death wish? (laughs) Jesus Christ. Poor mother of yours. (laughs) I know. And I always give her all this information when she's driving because I know <laughs> that she can't slap me or she can't do anything. So uh, what so was her was response? Like, she was just like, excuse me? I was like, yeah, uh, I'm just here for 10 days. <laughs> she was like, with what money? What are you doing? But then I was like, listen, I'm leaving. Like, no, we're not having this conversation again because uh, we had the massive argument um the year before we didn't speak to each other for like a month oh wow uh living in the same house we were avoiding each other and um are you the only child yeah it was sorry are you the only child yeah oh that's i mean that's tough i could have of course i feel for you because you know you wanted to do something and then people made you feel like you couldn't do it so you you canceled things but like you know, mm-hmm. as a mom, right? Like, you're the only child. You're the only one. You know, empty nest. <laughs> oh, yeah, no. I, I totally understand. Like, at that time, I was just like, I just want to do me. Let me live. And now I'm like, yeah, you you were, oh, my God, you were a bad kid. <laughs> <laughs> Ungrateful child. <laughs> exactly. I was like, this is exactly why I don't want kids because they are so, so ungrateful like no honestly oh, man. i mean you know it's funny i can relate to your story though because again you come you, you your mom immigrated for a better opportunity right to from africa to europe <laughs> and my parents are the same yeah. thing my parents are from the, the caribbean dominican republic and they immigrated to the u.s so when i told them i was gonna move to costa rica mm-hmm. they were like what you're going where like you don't know what they why are you gonna move <laughs> what were you? so i totally relate to that of like family you know guilt tripping you making you feel guilty for leaving your family all these things but you at the end of the day you still have to live your life right like you can't live your mom's life you have yeah. to live your life so i told i totally get that but um all right so you leave you you, you do the bravest thing in the world <laughs> you get a plane and you and you go to australia what was what did you know anything about australia do you do any research or you just loved australia for just whatever reason like what was that about 
So for those that are listening at this point, it, it, it is absolutely pouring rain in Costa Rica right now. So like I can hear it literally through the roof of my ceiling. <laughs> so yeah, sorry. Just oh, yeah, to do that. No, this is hear a little bit. Oh, you can hear a little <laughs> bit. Okay, hopefully it doesn't come through too much of the podcast. But that's all right. It's raining. That's life. That's natural. All right, go ahead. Sorry, continue. <laughs> uh, I did make my my researches mm. at the time. I thought that I was really well prepared. And now that I think about it more, I was not prepared at all, mm. I think. Oh, I mean, not enough. Fi- financially, for sure, I wasn't enough, prepared enough. Um, so to come here in Australia with a working holiday visa, they ask you to have about five and a half grand uh, saved Australian dollars. Um, and uh, US dollars, I, don't, I think it's about three and a half grand, I guess. Okay. Something like that. Um, I absolutely didn't have that money. I had maybe two, one and a half or two grand, and mm. it goes really, really fast. I like, can imagine. This country is very expensive. Yeah. Um, and so that brought up a lot of stress, uh, uh, but my mom was very supportive, and she helped me financially. Uh, but even with her helping me, I still I still struggled uh, a lot uh, financially. Yeah, so I'd say that was the most important. That is the most important thing if you want to come to Australia, at least, is to have uh, enough money saved. Got it. So all right. So you you obviously it was tough for you to to go to Australia for financial reasons, right? But you still made it happen, right? So which is amazing. Kudos to you. That's great. Where are you currently living right now in Australia? <laughs> Uh, so now I'm in Cairns, uh, in Queensland. So I'm actually just next to the Great Barrier Reef. Oh, well, if that... you want to visit the Great Barrier Reef, that's where you All would right. go. All right, go where you're at. Awesome. <laughs> so where's that ge- geographically <laughs> speaking in Australia? Like north, south? Where is where is it like located? Uh, so it's on the east coast, and okay. it's uh, up north. Okay, so yeah. northeast. All right, awesome, awesome, awesome. Cool, cool, cool. All right. So what was your first reaction when like you finally? So obviously Australia was in your mind for so long. Like your dream, um, uh, yeah. and then you finally yeah. get there. Like you see, you know, you're on the plane. You see everything that's Australia. <laughs> like, what was your reaction? Like, what was going through your mind? Um, the first thing was that when I was in the plane. Um, so I landed the day Australia decided to legalize gay marriage, um, and there was rainbows everywhere. Oh and wow! It was, it was just a yeah. It was amazing. And then I was like, oh, my God, did I do it? Did I just did I just do it? I'm in Australia. I was so excited. Um, <laughs> it was, yeah, a dream come true. And then after a week or two, I start feeling uh, worried and I start feeling uh, bad. Um, I was like, did I make the right choice? Why am I here? I don't know anyone. I'm at the other side of the world without mm. my family, without my mm. friends. Yep, yep. And uh, for actually the first few weeks, I didn't want to speak to anyone. I stayed in my bubble. Mm. And uh, I, yeah, I really had a, a hard time in the beginning. And then I had to force myself uh, to meet other people. Again, uh, thanks to Facebook and all these groups, mm-hmm. um, I met some people and it got easier um but yeah the very first week or two uh i felt really bad and then also what happened so i arrived in melbourne and uh there was an attack um near um 
a train station, a very popular train station, and someone ran over people that were crossing the road, basically. Oh, wow. Um, yeah, and that happened next to my hostel, and I was actually in the train when it happened. What? Um, so, yeah, so oh, wow. what happened is that I was... Uh, I was coming back from a job interview and uh, our train got delayed. There were like technical issues. Thank thank God there were technical issues because when I actually arrived to back uh, in the city center, uh, police was everywhere. Um, there were, yeah, it was absolute chaos. And then when I got back to my hostel, I found out uh, what happened is that uh, a few people had died from that. Um, and I was just like, if that train arrived on time, well, I might have been one of them. Yeah, that's uh, crazy. You know? Wow, wow. Um, so that was, yeah, so that was my second week in Australia. Um, and that's when I thought, oh, my God, like, if something had happened to me, I'm on the other side of the world. I don't know anyone. Uh, my my mom, my family was right. If something happens, what? But yeah, I don't know. I was just... Um, there were so many things crossing my mind. Um, but then you need to let all this fear go. Uh, I was there. I was not going to go back home. There was no point. Even I called my mom and she was like, no, you're there now. Just suck it up. And... <laughs> she was like, you move. Stay there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you, you've you made it all the way there. Why would you come back now? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so, yeah, but it was it was harder than I thought. Uh, everybody was like, oh, my God, you speak perfect English. Uh, you're going to find a job straight away. It's going to be so easy for you. And it was it was not. It was not, actually. Right. Isn't it so easy for people <laughs> that are not going through it to say it's going to be easy? It's always like that. People that, that don't yeah, actually go true. through it always say, yo, like for me, like, oh, my God, you speak Spanish. It's going to be so easy for you to transition. The transition hasn't been that seamless as people would think. <laughs> like, it's been, mm-hmm. it's been, you know, some days are more harder than others, obviously, right? So I definitely relate to you on that yeah. as far as like, it's easy from the outside looking in to be like, oh my God, you're in Australia. Oh my God, that's so amazing. Oh my God, you're in Costa Rica. Like people have these images of their mind of what it's like to live in these what countries what countries where people want a vacation to, right? Or want to yeah, go travel yeah. to. But like our life, I don't know about your life, but my life is not a vacation. Like I'm still, I still have a really lo- oh, normal, no, normal life. <laughs> I still have to go grocery shopping. I still have to cook my own dinner. I'm not in a rainforest every day. Like... <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. People have this, uh, this in mind, like, oh, you're on holiday every day. Okay, I, ne- I live next to the Great Barrier Reef, but I don't go. Yeah, maybe you a little bit more than me, but. And... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, but I... you know what? It gets it gets annoying, <laughs> like living in the tropics. It's sunny every day, and I'm like, can it? Can we have some rain, please? Because I just want to stay home. <laughs> uh, I just don't have a reason to stay <laughs> That's so true, though. That's so true. Sometimes when it's such a beautiful day, you're like, no, let it rain so I can just be home. Oh, my God, that's so true. Yeah, no, no, I figured out that. Here, here it's rainy season, so it rains literally every afternoon here in the rainy season here. So it's kind of, I'm used to it. I love it, and I'm used to it now. At first yeah, it was, like, yeah. annoying, but now I'm just used to it. All right, so now you're in Australia. You're getting used to it. You know, you're meeting people. All right, let's talk about the obvious here. So you go from living in Belgium, which is a predominantly white country, mm-hmm. And you're black, mm-hmm. and now you're moving to another predominantly white country in Australia. So, what was that mm-hmm. like for you? Now, like, are you just used to that being like, you know, the only black or one of few black people wherever you are, or how was that transition for you? Um, yeah, in the beginning, 
do you know what? In the beginning, I loved it because <laughs> because back home, I was like, oh, many, oh my God, too many black people here, blah, blah, blah. And, uh, <laughs> and now I was like, yes, I'm the only black person. Uh, it's great. Uh, and I, I didn't really realize uh, at that time and uh, when I, but when I first arrived, what I, um, so before I left, people would tell me, oh, you know, you look like uh, the indigenous community there, be careful because um, there's a lot of racism and you can get some attacks if you're in the outback. So that's in the, where there's no one is the, in the middle of uh, mm. Australia and that's where there's the most racist people. And I said, just be careful when you travel in those places because you look like them. And I was like, oh, okay. Uh, I didn't think about Googling it when someone tells me you look like them. I was like, okay, I look like them. And then when I first arrived, I was trying to figure out who were they? Um, Who were the Aboriginal people? And I was looking around and I couldn't, I just couldn't see anyone. First of all, there was, yeah, not a lot of black people. Yeah. And then one day... um, Someone told me, so I was working in a hostel, and we told me, yeah, be careful, because there's Aboriginal people, they will go, they will try and come in the hostel, book a room, they're not allowed in, just be careful. I was like, okay, and they were, and people were telling me, you'll know straight away how they look like, they look different. Wait, why are they okay? not allowed to book a room? Um, so, there's... There's a bit of an issue with uh, the Aboriginal community around Australia. Um, some people, some so I found that recently, some people from the Aboriginal community are kicked out of their own communities because they have alcohol issues and drug issues and they get very, very violent. Um, and so they just live in the streets and they try sometimes to find a place to stay and they go in the backpackers because it's cheaper uh-huh, uh-huh. Uh, but they cause a lot of issues like a lot of issues uh, during the day I mean during the day like when they are sober it's fine but as soon as they get drunk they are very very violent and it's yeah that's it's so sad though scary. That, that reminds me literally yeah. of, of what the situation is I, I don't know personally but from what I've read like here in the states with Native Americans mm-hmm. right they had the reservations and there's a lot of alcoholism that's that's uh, mm-hmm. prevalent in Native American communities because literally they have you know they have no jobs they don't really have anything to call yeah, it their the own. Same issue. That's so crazy yeah. that are literally across the world is literally the same exact issue and they're the natives of the of the land. But uh, yeah, yeah. Of the, but it's yeah the way they are treated here is uh, is just heartbreaking and. Um, and so when I first saw an original person, I didn't know what they were because mm-hmm. we told me I looked just like them where mm-hmm. I absolutely don't look just like them. <laughs> like, it's not because we're black that we're the same. You right, know? right, 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 right. Um, so someone had to point it out. I mean, no, this is an original person. I was like, oh, okay. Um, and yeah, so in the beginning, you could... Personally, I could sense it straight up. Melbourne is amazing. Sydney is amazing. I've been in all the biggest cities and there's just something missing. Um, Obviously, it's a baby country, so there's not... uh, We would say there's not a lot of history, but they do have a lot of history. It's just that they don't want to acknowledge it. Mm -hmm. And that shows... That shows when you when you travel around, if you pay attention, Mm -hmm. um, that, yeah, there's... 
this this missing I, I always said uh when i first arrived here and still now for me australia misses a soul there's mm. no soul in this country there's mm. no um there's nothing no history i mean there is history but no one wants to talk about it um That's and so in the beginning yeah i was a bit like yeah it's cool i'm the only black person and then the more i move on and now after almost three years uh, uh i feel really heavy um, it's really hard not to be around people that understand uh, what I'm going through on a daily. Uh, there's so many times I've been stopped randomly in the street by people who are like, hey, how's it going? Uh, where are you coming from? And I say, oh, I'm from Belgium. And then they're like, no, but where are you originally from? And that's, that's just oh, so annoying. And when I have my natural hair people ask me if i'm from africa and then if i have braids people ask me if i'm jamaican or american wow and i'm like that's so ignorant like you yeah. know um it's and just, yeah. yeah it's it's insane and uh, the worst thing that happened to me uh now i work in a supermarket and you know you need to do the small talk with the clients mm -hmm. And there was this guy, he was like, hey, are you new here? Um, where are you from? And I'm like, oh, I'm from Belgium. And then he looks at me, he's like, Belgium? Uh, you seem more African to me. Oh, my God. And I was like, oh, oh my, my God. And oh, I could have killed him just that, wow. just there. Um, I was getting trained, so I had someone else with me. <laughs> and... Uh, <laughs> And the girl was Canadian and she looked at him and she's like, you did not say this. Yeah. Like, don't don't say things like this. This is so rude and ignorant. Yeah. She was like, fuming as well. Um, and I was just like, you know that there's black people all around the world, right? <laughs> like, not just in Africa. And he was like, yeah, 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 I know. But I mean, that's not what I meant. And I was like, of yeah, course, whatever. Of course, like, is that what he's have meant. a good yeah. day. Exactly. <laughs> Get the hell out the store. <laughs> <laughs> Is that, how crazy is that though? See, that's that, that's the part that I like because I literally interviewed someone. My last episode was interview uh, this biracial girl from France. She's half black, half white, and yeah. people ask her, "Where are you from?" She's like, "Oh, I'm from, I'm from I'm, even in France." She's from France. She's like, "Where are you from?" Like, "I'm from Paris." They're like, "No, but where are you really from?" She's like, uh, "I was yeah. born in Paris." Like, <laughs> like you know, if yeah, people, that's crazy. Okay, for anyone listening to this episode or this podcast, and if you want to ask <laughs> someone where they're from, quote unquote, you can ask. What's your ethnic background? That's what you can say. Exactly. Instead of saying, no, exactly. where are you really from? Because what you're doing is you're taking away that person's actual birthright <laughs> and, and saying that they're not yeah. from there because of their skin color, which is the most dumbest, ignorant, racist thing you could say. So if you look yeah. at someone and you're confused, just say, oh, okay, cool. You're from Belgium. Dope. What's your ethnic background? And then that's exactly. a much more polite thing to say versus so saying, wait, Belgium? What? <laughs> yeah. Like if you're lying. Yeah. Yeah, I have the same issue, but the problem with me is that so I wasn't born in Belgium. I was born in Africa, right? Yeah, exactly. But I lived all my life exactly in Belgium. Exactly right, exactly So right. when people ask me, yes, I, I am Belgian and I feel better. I have the citizenship and everything. I have the papers I can show you. <laughs> um, um, so what was hard is that people in Belgium was like, were like, no, you're not, you're not one of us. And then I was staying more, uh, predominantly with uh, white people. So for the black community, I wasn't black enough for them. Mm. 
So I couldn't identify as either because none of them wanted me, if, wow. if that makes sense. No, yeah, wow. Um, so, yeah, that I felt really bad uh, at that time because uh, I felt like I was, yeah, I didn't belong to anywhere. Um, I couldn't speak the language from my birth country. Um, I didn't know a lot about the culture, uh, just what my mom would tell me. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, yeah, so the black community, I was called a bounty. I don't know if you have heard about this. No, saying. what's a bounty? They say it a lot in French, uh, a bounty. So it means that I'm black outside, but I'm white inside. Oof. Um, Damn. so I was talking like a white girl i was only staying with white people uh only dating white guys and yeah so um yeah my black friends at the time they were joking a lot about it like making fun of me oh you're a bounty and at some point i was just telling people yeah i'm a bounty whatever and now uh i would not call myself like this anymore because um i don't know it's just it's so insensitive and I don't think we should um, we should use words like this um, and make fun of people uh, at the end of the day I am African but I'm also I don't know I'm also Belgian like you know what I mean yeah, I'm just... no, of course. I, I think at the end of the day with these kinds of issues you don't want to keep repeating yourself saying oh yeah I'm Belgian but I was born in Africa you know I was born in the Congo like it's that gets tiring to repeat right to kind of it's mm-hmm. like justifying your blackness there's no reason for that exactly. <laughs> like, yeah there's there's no need for people to 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 justify people like oh now it makes sense now I get it that you're from Belgium you're not really from Belgium really, like it's it's really just it goes to show you honestly the ignorance in even you know developed nations as such as Australia right and all these yeah. other countries around the world that they're just so ignorant when it comes to people that are black and brown, like they just don't get it. And I yeah, choose just not to get, get it because I think there's things where you could be willfully ignorant or you're just ignorant because you ne- you've never seen it, right? And there's like multiple, mm-hmm. obviously multiple layers to it. But I mean, we could talk about this forever. So let's get, <laughs> let's keep it moving a little bit. <laughs> now to some positive things about Australia. <laughs> Because you uh, you're like, it has no soul, yeah, which is a pretty I, powerful statement. Been saying like, yeah, there's no soul. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, I don't know if this is a ringing endorsement to go to Australia for people of color, but <laughs> all right. No, no, no. Let's get some, no, I'm sure there's some positive the, things. At yeah. the end of the day, uh, what I like about Australia is that uh, it's a very, how do say, nonchalant country. Okay. Like, yeah, people nonchalant. are so chill. They're so laid back. Even in a city like Melbourne, a big city, it is so nice to live in. Uh, people are so relaxed. There's um, so in Melbourne, what I love it was a lot of uh, artist culture. So music, uh, paintings, uh, shows. Like it was, yeah. If you're an artist, I'd say Melbourne is a city for you. Uh, Sydney is a bigger city, and I think it takes time. You need to live there for a while to appreciate that city. Um, and get to know all these areas that uh, tourists don't go. Um, here in Cairns, so it's a tropical, it's a, like a tropical paradise. Um, if you have a car, you can go and check out um, the rainforest. You can there's a bunch of waterfalls. You can go on the reef, on some islands. Like there's so much to do, and people so except from the ignorant people, uh, <laughs> most of the people are just like super nice and uh, it's, really, it's really a 
very good country to live in, actually. Mm. Uh, healthcare system, um, even if the country is expensive, the wages are amazing. Mm. Um, you know, when you have a full-time job, you have enough money to pay rent, to pay your food, to pay your car, whatever. And you still have enough money to save and to live. Oh, that's fantastic. Because, yeah, when you're in Europe, I only had enough money to pay my bills. And that's it. I couldn't save money. I couldn't uh, go out that much or go on trips. Like, um, here it's just so easy uh, to save money and um, to also just live your life. Like, you know, like we all want to, like... Right. Not wait until you're retired to do things. Right. See, I would I would never have thought that because obviously you think you think of Australia, you think of a country that's expensive. But like you said, it's expensive, but the mm-hmm. wages also match its priciness, which is obviously a good thing. So you can still enjoy the country that you're living in, which is obviously fa- yeah, yeah. Fa- fantastic. But um, all right. So now this is the final part of the podcast. There's gonna be some lightning round questions. So just a one word okay. answer, one word answer, right? Where what is oh, your least okay. <laughs> what is your least favorite city in Australia? It, Darwin. Do you say Darwin? Yeah, like Darwin. Charles Darwin? Yeah, like Charles Darwin, yeah. Is it named after him? <laughs> uh I think so. Oh really? Yeah. Okay. Was it, wait, is Charles Darwin no he's he's British, right? Or is he Australian? I don't even know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, okay, got I it. I don't even know. I don't even but know. But I do think it's named after him. <laughs> I don't know. I just don't like that city. Why not? <laughs> Actually, no. Now, why not? We can't. We have time. No. All right. Don't go to Darwin, people. Do not go to Darwin. <laughs> do not go to Darwin. <laughs> All right. Favorite city? Sydney. Sydney. All right, all right. So more than Melbourne, okay. What is yeah. your favorite, like, Aussie saying? Oh. I know there's many. Uh. Yeah, there's so many. Oh, it's not one word, but um, we're not here to fuck spiders. What? <laughs> that's an actual saying in Australia. We're not that's here to fuck a, spiders. That's an actual. Austra- we're not here to fuck spiders. As in, we're not here to waste our time. Like, oh my god! Point. I mean, I get it because spiders are humongous over there. So I guess that makes sense in Australia. But what in God's name? <laughs> What the hell? We're not here to fuck. I'm going to take that. I'm not going to say, I'm like, hey, we're not here to fuck spiders, man. I'm like, what the fuck are you talking about? Yeah, please, please use it. It's amazing. Oh, Love my it. God. Do you, do you say it? Do you say it yourself? Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> not, not that much, but uh, but yeah, I do. Wow. I do that is the best thing I've heard out of all my episodes, out of anything, any country. <laughs> we're not here to fuck spiders. Such a, but you, it makes sense for Australia. It really does. It fits Australia. Because when I think of Australia, I think of like humongous insects. So that makes perfect sense. All right, we're not here yeah. to fuck spiders. <laughs> what's, <laughs> what's your uh, favorite location? Just like a, a spot in Australia. They're like, oh my God, if I had a weekend, I would go there every weekend. What is it? Uh, Fraser Island. Fraser Island. Tell me about it. Tell me a little bit about Fraser Island. So Fraser Island is the biggest sand island in the world. What? And uh, yes, oh, wow. so it's a sand island. It's best to have a four by four. Um, to go there uh, it's just dunes and uh, it's absolutely beautiful there's no Wi-Fi nothing there's wow. barely any connection there um, so you go there you disconnect um, there's a lot the island is massive so there's a lot to do 
people mostly camp. There's a little village, but you need it's pricey. You need to have a lot of money, so it's mainly camping. Uh, I hate camping, but <laughs> there it's yeah. I I'm, I make an effort just for that. It's it's beautiful. Like if you come to Australia, doing the East Coast, Fraser Island is a must do. Right. on your list. Fraser yeah. Island, it is. That sounds amazing. All right, now the the final part. You're gonna have the floor. Tell me what have you learned most from living in Australia these past three years? The floor is yours. Um, I've learned how to, um, how can I say this, to love myself more, uh, appreciate who I am, where I come from. Um, I've also met so many people from all around the world and I feel humbled by this experience. Uh, even if it wasn't easy and my background isn't, uh, isn't the best i still feel very thankful and uh, very privileged uh to have had this experience because uh, there's a lot of people that never leave their country never leave their hometown they stay in the same bubble their whole life and so yeah i feel really grateful uh for getting out of that bubble and get to see other bubbles and how it goes Enjoyed that episode of Grace. I most definitely did, and I, we got into really, as you as you heard, a really deep conversation in regards to this idea of where you're from. Just this whole question and notion. And it's so funny that my previous episode, I spoke about this with my guest as well, who's a biracial living in Vietnam. This idea of of people, in particular white people, trying to justify, you know, why are you from where you're from. It's just, it's just, it it. It doesn't really defy logic to me. It, it, it makes sense, especially when you have confusion. You try to categorize people into boxes. But in this day and age, one should know how to um, how to traverse those very tricky grounds in regards to people's identities, right? If someone tells you they're from Belgium, believe them. <laughs> Don't question their uh, their background or their identity or how they identify. And I think those those are things that people should um, should do a much better job in. But also, I just love how honest she was um, in regards to just her own feelings about you know what she was going through. You know, as far as her her getting to Australia, what she felt about it, how she, she feels heavy in certain things. I think this is a part of of my podcast, and I think just thinking about my own um, experience abroad is to. It's okay to be, you know, to not always be super uber positive <laughs> about your experiences abroad, right? Because experiences home or abroad, they, 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 if they're going to be authentic, there's going to be positives and negatives, right? It's not going to be all this, oh my God, it's so amazing. This is so beautiful. I'm so glad, you know, of course, those, those that's part of the experience as well. But if you're going to have a really authentic experience, not everything's going to be, uh, you know, chocolate, chocolate and roses, right? So um, I think it, I, I love the fact that she's being very authentic and honest about her experience. And yeah, hopefully you got something out of that. And of course, you know, there were positive things as well as far as, you know, Australia being a very beautiful country. And like, for example, she lives right next to the damn Great Barrier Reef. I mean, come on now. Like that's doesn't get much better than that. <laughs> but yeah, I hope you enjoyed it. And I'm glad Grace got to be on the episode. So yeah. As always, I don't know what I have planned for you next week. It's always going to be a surprise. I, I don't know if I'm going to do a solo episode or if I'm going to surprise you again with someone else living somewhere else abroad. We'll see. But as always, if you like what you hear, 
Please leave a review on Apple Podcasts. Follow me on Spotify and any of your other favorite streaming platforms. See you next week. This is In Living Color Abroad. Peace.